I don't wanna watch what's on the TV. iTunes that put on the BC. Podcasts on, no talking to me. Listening to Black Cast. Keep up on comics and movies. Two phone ring, I answer hoodies. I can't talk, call back if you please. Listening to Black Cast. You don't know what you are missing. Damn fine show hosted by Christian. He's just dope, no ass, I'm kissing. Listening to Black Click subscribe on this podcast You won't be the first, but don't you be last Listen while you pumping your gas Listening to Blackcast On this episode, it's Jean Grey Talking about the things that she say So distracted, didn't feed Bay. Listening to Blackcast Met this girl, she smiled in my face Blackcast insulated my place Had one beer, she brought a whole case Listening to Blackcast Cops knock on the door and listen Black hats on, they think I'm Christian Cops ran off, now I ain't trippin' Listenin' to Black Cast My point is, listen to this show Don't need me to tell you it's dope Rock so hard like Johnny Lithgow Listenin' to Black Cast Oh yeah, that's the Black Cast It's on the Ghost Twin TV or whatever Welcome to the Blackcast. Uh, very excited to finally be able to devote an entire episode to a Marvel movie. And very excited to be welcoming to the Blackcast for the first time, uh, Kate Cornell. Thank you, Christian. I'm Caitlin, everybody. It's nice to virtually meet you all. Yes. For those of you who are fans of our show, Marvel Movie Talk, Caitlin has been kind enough to be on it a number of times. Now, we met because uh, you worked with our mutual friend, Alexa, who has been on the podcast a few times. You uh, worked with her on WandaVision, correct? Yes, yes. I was a PA on WandaVision for the health and safety department, and I dragged her with me. Uh, and it was great. It was fun working with her. And then, uh, she introduced us and that the rest is history. And now I talk to you much more often than I talk to her because as we've established, she doesn't love Marvel movies, but you're a perfect choice to uh, talk about this movie because not only do you love Marvel movies, but you saw black widow early with me. Yeah. I, so, we actually met. That was the first time oh, we had like met in person. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, uh, it was, you know, you were running a few minutes late. We were trading messages and then it was sort of like, oh, I'm, I'm here. And then it's like, oh, you're here now. Oh, by the way, nice to meet you. To meet but you. <laughs> we've talked for hours uh, on shows that we've done. Yeah. Uh, all, all of which can be found on the Blackcast YouTube channel. If you uh, want to look for that uh, episode about working on uh, WandaVision, I think people will be interested to hear more about that. But we've talked about, WandaVision, we've talked about Falcon and Winter Soldier, we've talked about Loki, and uh, we will be talking about What If, which you were kind enough to make sure I knew is premiering on August August 11th. So, this is going to be a spoiler-filled conversation about Black Widow. So if you haven't seen it, you need to stop listening. You you don't want us to ruin the movie for you, Kate, right? Nope. You know, uh, th- that's that's not fun. There, you know, I we, I do know a few people who enjoy spoilers. Two people that I have done incarnations of this show with. Michael Shirley loves spoilers. He will uh, happily take spoilers. And Zia Anderson, who I did this show and a number of other shows with for a long time, she always wanted me to tell her spoilers after press screenings. But uh, Endgame, I refused to give her the spoilers. I gave her one very minor non-spoilery spoiler i'm like it's just too much i i i can't do that to that movie right i don't want to do that to our uh loyal uh marvelites i don't want them to feel as though they would have enjoyed the movie if only we hadn't gone and ruined it for them so that being said this is what i'm calling the uh, early bird spoiler filled special for those of you seeing it thursday night or maybe you know Friday morning. Uh, so let's start off with uh, Kate. How would you characterize your excitement heading into this movie? You know, I mean, people remember that we were supposed to get this movie well more than a year ago. Right. And uh, we had three other possible premiere dates before we finally got to this July 9th premiere date. I'm really, I was really excited for this movie. I'm really glad I got to see it a, a little early. So there was like no chance of it being, you know, 
on social media like oh it was just okay or oh it's really awesome like i kind of saw it with nobody influencing my own opinion um or disappointing me or hyping it up so i was really excited to see it and uh i'm really excited for a black widow movie i've been wanting a black widow movie since the mcu really started kicking off and i was like i understand why we have a captain marvel movie i have issues with captain marvel as a film so i was like what are they going to do? <laughs> so I was very, but Scarlett Johansson being an executive producer on it, like helped me a little bit. Like it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And it was, it was great. Yeah. I, and I think that, uh, you know, we've uh, talked a lot in various shows that I've done uh, about problems with the Captain Marvel movie. Uh, my wife's right. biggest problem was all, it was all really in character development yeah. because she didn't know who she was we didn't get to care about who she was. Uh, but she's my wife is excited for Black Widow. Uh, we'll be seeing it tomorrow afternoon uh, because she knows the character and she likes the character. And yeah, it seemed inevitable that we were going to get a Black Widow movie in Iron Man 2 when she first showed up. Yeah. Oddly enough, everyone else got a movie. Uh, you know, I'm surprised Groot didn't get a movie, a standalone Groot movie before uh, she, she did. And what I always say about you know, what I've said for years is that when we found out that the, the Black Widow movie was going to be set in the time right after Civil War, uh, it's like, well, that's exactly when this movie was supposed to come out. That's when they should have given her a movie. You know, uh, Scarlett Johansson was already a very bankable movie star. Uh, there was no reason that they couldn't have squeezed that in before uh, various Infinity Wars and uh, other other entanglements but the fact is we got it now and i did enjoy it i liked a lot about it it was fun and yeah you know there are these great big blockbuster set pieces that are definitely going to require the biggest suspension of disbelief but they're still so fun you know and the, the you know when we were going through the credits there there was a unit I forget what they called it now, but it was a unit for like the sequence when the ship is falling. Oh it, yeah. It was like the, the, it was like high up unit or some like weird. Yeah, it, it was, like, it was, oh, it was the, the, was the, the, the descent, the descent, descent unit. unit. That yeah. was awesome. And, and it's like, yeah, you need a whole unit who's dealing with the logistics of the, the ship falling. And, and, you know, it's like, look, it's a, it's a comic book movie. It doesn't have to yeah. logically make sense. It doesn't have to real world make sense. You just have to comic book make sense. And uh, I, I think they did. This comic book made sense all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so just in general, you had fun with it. Um, and I think it was great to really get to know more about her character. Uh, I think we learn more about her by learning more about Yelena, you know? And yeah, uh, I think she's tremendous in this movie. What did you think of uh, Florence? Is it Pugue? Is it Pew? I, I think it's Pew. I know, but Florence it's like Pugh. you feel like you're making fun of her that saying she smells bad if it's Florence. No, it's Pew Pew Pew. pew. It's like oh, word. okay, that's better. Um, talk about uh, your thoughts watching uh, Florence Pew in this movie. What was interesting about this movie is because Florence's character's age is like the generation that, like, a slightly younger generation that then like watched the first Iron Man two movie. Uh, it's kind of like the the generation that's like pushing the Me Too movement a little bit forward. What was funny about Florence's character was that there was no doubt that she could do everything she needed to do. But there was a little bit of ribbing at the first characterizations of Black Widow, which I think I, I, I other women, I don't know about other women, but I really appreciated the ribbing of the the first iterations of Black Widow. Um, but it also shows how far the character itself has come in the Marvel Universe. Um, there are moments where in a, in a little sisterly fashion, you can kind of like tease your sister, like, why do you pose like that? <laughs> yeah, the fact like, that she, she, literally, she literally calls her a poser is yeah. uh, great. And uh, for those who follow uh, Kate on uh, Instagram, you actually did that pose in front of the Black Widow costume. I did. The poser I did. pose, as it were. The poser pose. Uh, 
at Cornellable for our audio only listeners, yeah. uh, for people that see on the screen. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think that uh, their dynamic was pretty great. And uh, God, it, was it was fun. Great. And, you know, look, and, and it's in the way of, well, how come she never talked about how she had a sister? Well, because she's not really her sister. Oh. And also, what does Natasha ever talk about? You know, she opened, she opened up to Steve Rogers by talking about peanut butter sandwiches. Like that's like the most that we ever really got out of her, you know? So and like going straight and it was more about her going straight and her love life. And it's like, you know, but it, it was, but the thing that, that did come back was her conversation with Loki when Loki brought up Dracoff's daughter in Avengers one. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that was really cool. Yeah, that was really cool that he kind of threw the first thing he threw at her was almost like the 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 biggest sin in the point of the movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, and of course our our pal Loki uh would uh, be able to know the the one thing inside your head that uh, you'd like to forget or or be able to do differently. Well, uh, he 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 interviewed um he said Barton told me everything. So Barton revealed that secret. Oh, so that's right. She, so the only person that she was really uh, um open with was Barton. Yeah. Which, uh, I think is, uh, it, it's nice. Cause he's, he's not in this movie. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about, uh, you know, a reference to him that, uh, came as a nice surprise, yeah. but, uh, we don't see Clint Barton. We don't see Jeremy Renner, but we see the, the fact we, we get, we don't see the sequence in Budapest, Budapest, which Budapest. Uh, yeah, I know Budapest, Budapest, Budapest. <laughs> Budapest. Uh, but we see their tic-tac-toe game. I do like game. that that joke. I do like that that joke came back because I was yeah, really excited oh, about it. <laughs> I was too. Yeah. Uh, but so we at least uh, got some more insight in what the the Budapest, the oft-referenced Budapest incident was, yeah. and how they had to hide out. And uh, yeah, I mean, it it really, I think, reinforces the the decision they both try to make in uh in an end game yeah. that you know they're both trying to sacrifice their life for the other one right. and even even clint has to realize that you know natasha's the one who <clears throat> she would have trouble if clint had killed himself in that moment because he's a family you yeah. know and she, you know, she just had herself really. So, uh, I, which, you know, look, that could have been an interesting dynamic to deal with, uh, had, had Natasha lived, but, uh, that's, that's not the way it went. And then, you know, that's a spoiler for Endgame. So, uh, that's, that's two plus years, uh, that, uh, you needed to have seen that. So I, I feel okay referencing that, but, uh, yeah, I, I think that the, it, the it's nice to get the reminder of just how close they were in, in a very like platonic teamwork way. You know, yeah. there was always the, the sort of the, the specter, maybe a little hint of romance that went unrequited with banner, but with Clint, it was just like, that's like my, you know, my best friend, my, my brother, my best you know? friend, my brother. Yeah. So uh, I liked that even though he wasn't, and obviously logically he, he definitely could have been in this movie, you know, it, it, from in that time period when everybody's uh, on the lamb, I, I thought that, uh, you know, when it was set in this time period, I thought we might see Clint Barton. I thought we might even see Steve Rogers. You know, see, were I, you disappointed that we didn't no, get to see any Avengers? No, because I think that would have detracted from her movie being her movie instead of her as part of the Avengers. I mean, at that point, Clint is still on the raft or just got broken out of the raft. Um, he would have had to uh, get his like weird pardon so he could get the ankle bracelet and be with his family on leave. Steve Rogers and Falcon are on the run. Um, everything like the Avengers are all split up at that point. Um, and I think it takes away from Natasha's story by adding in another Avenger, which is why we didn't get one. And Natasha being a spy is used to being solitary. She's used to being on her own. The difference is becoming part of a team and being part of a family and family becomes very important to her in infinity war and Endgame. And I think she's only allowed to come to that decision within that five-year jump because of this experience in the black widow film and discovering how family really is important to her. And, it, and you know, that decision she makes at the end of like, it did mean something to me when she was actually open with um, Yelena of just like, it, it didn't mean nothing. It, it did mean something to me um, because any, any um 
it's it's a sign of weakness if you have uh, an attachment and you know with her becoming part of a team and part of a squad like the avengers and getting close to them she is part of a family and she does have people and she does have responsibilities and people to rely on and people to rely on her back i think that's why in winter soldier it was so important for her to be when steven rogers at when she asked steve um if the situation was reversed and you, it was up to me to save your life, would you trust me? Yeah, no, it's a great it, question because yeah. her, uh, her entire upbringing is that you don't ever trust anyone, right? Uh, you know, regardless. And that's uh, the antithesis of who Steve Rogers is. You know, I mean, he, yeah. he's not going to trust everyone, but uh, he knows who he can trust. Uh, I, I do agree with your point in terms of it would have detracted if we had other Avengers, and it is great that it really is her solo story. Um, I it's just I'm, too complicated to like yeah. you know bring everything else in, and I think it would have just muddied the water. And yeah. also, like we'll talk about this a little later, but the the I feel like every Marvel movie, even if you don't see it, like they it has a very specific social justice theme to it, and a, and a very big like kind of qu like philosophical question that they try to answer. Even yeah. like hidden inside this, inside all of their movies, which you can ignore or you can, you know, and watch the superhero action film, or you can actually like extrapolate. And it would, the theme that they chose for this, and I was reading an article in the LA Times from Scarlett Johansson and the film's director of why the film was appropriate to be released now instead of, <clears throat> pardon me, four years ago. And it had to do with theme. And um, their theme was very, very strong and very, very specific um, to the Me Too movement and to women in general and what Black Widow as a female superhero means um, while changing that superhero genre so that it didn't mean that it was like a, it's not like Captain Marvel or Wonder Woman was a female superhero movie. I don't know about you, but like I think I turned to you at one point. I'm like, I feel like I'm watching a Bond film. And it just happens to be Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. And when we were talking uh, after we saw the movie, uh, that was a great point that I thought you made, that it's it's not like, oh, this is a female superhero movie. This is yeah. a movie where it just so happens that the main character is a female. Yeah. It's not drawing attention to it. And I think it's done very effectively in Wonder Woman. It needs to call attention to the fact that, uh, that, you know, she's from this Island and et cetera. Uh, and uh, you know, that was the tone that they had for Captain Marvel, but yeah, it, it felt from the beginning, it felt like a bond movie. And then what I said to you after was that once uh, you have the big reveal where somebody rips the mask off, I'm like, okay, well now it's a mission impossible movie, but it's the same point. Yeah, it's, it's a spy like, movie. Uh, it, it's honestly like you can take sort of the overarching like plot, the story beats and you could like, yeah, you could turn this into a mission impossible or a, a bond movie, you know, which is Very... why like the descent didn't really like, I don't know, like bump me at all because I feel like I've seen weirder things in any of Tom Cruise's mission impossible movies, like him yeah, just, just... on the plane or like him, like diving out of a thing into yeah. another thing. I'm like, I've seen weirder things in other spy movies. They yeah, are just as unrealistic. Right. And and it's it's interesting because it's like this is a superhero universe, but this is like the biggest best known character without any kind of, you know, real superpowers, you know. Yeah, and we got You can you can argue depending on the iteration of the character of Hawkeye, sometimes he does have, you know, super sight and hearing and things like that, but you know, so she's really your your least powered but by no means least powerful individual. So watching her right. go through this story and just the resourcefulness, I mean, look, it's like, you know, getting out of shootouts and things. It's like watching, uh, you know, Jack Bauer get out of something in 24 or keeping it yeah. to Marvel. It's like the Punisher. Frank Castle is, is in a room where there's 40 guns and, uh, you know, he'll take a couple of bullets. He'll be bloody, but he's walking out of it. You know, so the fact that she can do it too, you don't have to suspend those things because it's like, yeah, this is a, this, and I think it helps that this isn't the introduction of the character, you know, that they didn't make yeah. this movie in 2010 or whatever it would have been because it's like, we know her already and we do believe her. We believe in her and all the things that she can do. And I think it, it's great in, in that respect. It, it's just a, it's just a really fun movie. And uh, for me, it was my first movie inside a movie theater uh, yeah. in 
I think it was like 467 days or something. I did the math uh, after I saw it when I posted on social media. Uh, and, you know, to see especially the descent sequence, you know, to see this stuff on the big screen, I was so glad that I actually saw it in a theater. And yeah, yeah look, people who are more comfortable watching in their homes, we talked to our friend Eric Connor on Please watch uh, Marvel. it at home if you do not feel yeah. comfortable. And, and and I think that if if you're if you're comfortable going to the movie theater and you're considering which one, I would definitely say go to the theater. But yeah. uh, it's not like you're not going to enjoy, you know, I mean you know, most people's TV in their house is probably bigger than the the movie screen I used to go to when I was a kid. You know, I mean, <laughs> the, the the screens probably and weren't the that big. The like quality's that. better, like yeah, you know, for sure. Uh, so I I thought it, it it was a fun ride, and look, it's what is it, two hours and fourteen minutes? I think two hours and fourteen. And it, it's not one of those movies where you feel every minute of the two hour and fourteen minutes. It's not. It's not uh, Snyder cut four hours and two minutes of like, oh, yeah, I, I know that was four hours, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, so in terms of some of the specifics, mm -hmm. what we talked about Florence Pugh, what stood out for you? Uh, uh, I For me, I would say David Harbour as Red Guardian was God, exactly, he was, he was exactly what I expected, but that's a good thing because that's yeah. what I wanted him to be like. He was really fun. I loved his stories about, you know, how he beat up Captain America at a time where Captain America was on ice. It's very reminiscent. I, I, I had to hold my tongue when we were talking about episode five of Loki because there was yeah. the Loki who was telling stories about things that obviously hadn't happened. Had happened. And, and I was like, Oh, I want to talk about red guardian, but Kate's the only one who's seen it. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, and it's like, there's also a point that we could make about the end credits scene that we could incorporate into conversations, but oh we also God. couldn't talk about that. So this, yeah. oddly enough, this was like a really hard one to know what happens and then not talk about it because yeah. our, our co-host Jeff was just like, oh, but how can you spoil a movie that's set like six years ago? I'm like, oh, it's pretty easy, actually. It's There's pretty a lot easy. of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you can, you can, I mean, look, you could spoil a, you know, a Star Wars prequel. Like, you could spoil things about Rogue One, even though you know that they all die in the end, you know? Yeah. I hate, no. We yeah. have, we have to have a conversation about some Star Wars shit because that's, yeah, we'll do, bit, oh, I let's hate. do a whole Star Wars. I, oh, please, my God. That's that's I have what some, that's like issues I need to work out. Well, that's why we're <laughs> we're doing this. That's why we're doing this as a Marvel movie talk video, but it's also audio for the Black Cast uh, because uh, we we need uh, the the Black Cast Nation, as I call it, to also get to know you, uh, just like the Merry Marvelites do. So uh, so let's talk more about uh, David Harbor uh, and just sort of you know we see we see his character from what is it? 1997 to like 2017. So it's like over a 20 year period, basically. Right. Yeah. And, um, I, I really enjoyed, um, seeing him as like the all American family and like, they all just accepted that they were going on an adventure. That opening scene was freaking wild with him on the, the, the side of the plane. And then it was seeing, his Tom Cruise scene. It was the Tom Cruise scene. I'm telling you, it's Mission Impossible, yo. <laughs> but there's the um, the moment of uh, when you see him in the future and he's like regaling his past and that people do get stuck in the best parts of their past, especially when that's the best part of their life. Um, and I, I did like this little reference, like this little rivalry that happened, this Cold War rivalry between... Uh, that was re-brought up and rehashed because that was a huge part of the comic book series. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this, like, you know, Russian USA, you know, I don't know if I could say this on your cast, but like, you know, dick yeah, measuring you contest. Oh, you absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it like, was definitely a lot of shield fun. and I would yeah. have done this. And you yeah. Know, blah, 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 and, and, like, and I also, <laughs> I also love that, you know, he just spends his time in prison, just uh, arm wrestling people that he can clearly beat, Pete. but letting them, letting them think that they can win. And then the one guy who oh, calls him out oh. for being full of shit, he like snaps his arm and it was all like, and it, was it turned into silly putty. It was, I was like, was and also, like, it was definitely the, like, this is why Captain America is Captain America, and this is why Red Guardian is Red Guardian, and it was, like, nice to see, like, it was a very different after seeing all of the Falcon Winter Soldier super soldiers, 
a very different super soldier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it was actually very interesting. To, An unabashed, uh, unashamed super soldier. And he was yeah. just like, I am the man. And like, <laughs> and he had this little like toy in his hand and he's like, the costume still fits. I also liked how he was flirting. <laughs> God, what's her name? Oh my God. With the, with their mother, with uh, the mother character. Oh God. But she's like, he was just like laying it on super thick, like just got out of prison, ready to get on that. Like, <laughs> and it yeah, was Ra- like, and, Ra- Rachel, and of course, Rachel Vice is, Rachel Vice. Uh, yeah, it was, it, it was weird. I had it in my head earlier. Yeah. But yeah, Rachel Vice, uh, yeah, like flirting with her when they, you know, basically like walk to her cabin in the woods. Uh, that was very funny. He's like, I do have a lot of energy, you know? And yeah. they're both this like grossed great. out by their, essentially their dad, you know, the, you know, as, as fake and as he, that family was, it's the only, he filled the role, like the they only all family that the either family of them role. remember. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think that, uh, that that's, uh, I don't know. I think that that's pretty great. Um, Speaking uh, of that, I, yeah. I really going back to the first conversation, like even though they all knew they weren't a real family, um, the fact that young Natasha was so willing to like, don't touch her, don't take her um, yeah. in, on in the, the Havana scene when they're on the tarmac. I mean, it does show a lot of her character and what she grows up to be of I'm going to, you know, fight for the people I believe in and the people who I consider my family. And like, she's, yeah, willing, I mean, she's, she's the one that's willing to put herself in harm's way. I, I don't know. I don't know about. what the math is, but she's like, I don't know, uh, 12 there or whatever. Yeah. And she uh, disarms wait, wait, a couple. 1982 to 1997. So she's, so, so I guess she's like 15. 15. So, yeah. So uh, whatever age she is. So she disarms these actual, like, you know, the, these like elite military soldiers. And if her dad weren't there, uh, she probably would have killed them, you know, and yeah. then like gone on the run, you know, which would have been a whole different story. So, yeah, I think it's great to see that uh, that she, we see the consistency in her character. Yeah, and you know, Yelena is so little uh, in, in that sequence, but uh, I think it's a great start to the movie, you know, and uh, it, and it just uh, it was just interesting because there's the uh, usage of the song American pie by Don McLean. And, uh, you know, I interviewed him earlier this year and we talked about how many uh, times his song gets used is, uh, uh, I I don't brag about a lot of like work that I've done, but I think I had a really great conversation with him. He he even said that uh, I asked him really great questions. So uh, and did you and, guys you know, talk about Vincent? His song Vincent. That's we my didn't favorite. Talk that much about Vincent. Um, we I love we that talked, song. Uh, it did come up uh, because you know he's got obviously the the main song and then a, a yeah. couple of others. But uh, and you know it's just funny to think back as like oh he knew he had a song in black widow, but uh, he couldn't talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just like, you know, it's like, yeah, you, you here's a bunch of money, but don't, uh, don't tell anybody. Don't say anything. Yeah. So uh, I think that a lot of that stuff was, it, it was just the, that, that sequence was cool. And then when we catch up with Natasha, uh, it, it was nice to see sort of her on the run by herself. Like, you know, she has uh, that that character whose name I forget that I'll try and remember when we do our our second episode of this. The guy who helps her, but also helps Elena. Oh the, yeah, the guy who's like you're a good friend. You know that guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. That you know she has those kind of people in her life, but for the most part, she's doing everything by herself. Yeah. You know, and uh, and she's I completely think, comfortable with that. Like she's so comfortable yeah. in the middle of nowhere. In Honestly, a- she's probably more comfortable there than at the Avengers compound, you know, yeah. because there's like got all those amenities and other people. So I, I think that, uh, it, you know, and by the way, we see her getting ready to go blonde at that point, but then, uh, you know, just doesn't get the chance. So I think, you know, we get some great, very James Bond, very Ethan Hunt sequences out of her uh, because of how resourceful she is. And uh, I think uh, the pairing of her and Florence Pugh uh, it doesn't happen too late into the film. It's still pretty early. Wow. And I think it's good that we get them together for so much of it. And I have to say that it was refreshing that there wasn't some big double cross. 
uh, that yeah. Florence was in on it the whole time. Even, you know, like she had programming that she hadn't kicked and she didn't want to try to kill Natasha, you know, that she really was on her side, that it was an actual partnership and a sisterhood. Uh, and then of course the fun bickering during like the car chase and stuff like that. You know, uh, I, I, I thought that it, it was refreshing that it didn't go somewhere that I thought it might, you know, but I do like the fact that like Florence had the, you know, being a widow. And it was also nice to know that like, even though we know her as the black widow, like everyone is a widow in part as part of this organization. So in a way, like Natasha Romanoff being the black widow as part of the Avengers, like kind of almost outed this whole organization, <laughs> but they yeah. were still able to like keep it secret because, you know, nobody knows who they are. They almost had to be better. And it was because of Natasha's success that this kind of mind control had to be a thing. Um, and this actual control had to be a thing. Um, but I really enjoyed that there was still a distrust, even though it's like, I want my older sister back and I really want my family back. There was still a distrust just because of their background and still like you're an Avenger, you're part of a team, you know, you, we were, you know, you didn't come back, you didn't do this with us. Like, you know, there's still like this, like, it's a hard transition to take of like working alone versus working together. And can I really trust this person and still feeling like you left us abandonment things like, and learning how to work together again without it being like, I don't like you. Right. And I also like that uh, for these two uh, sisters, at all intents and purposes, they're sisters, yeah. that, you know, really violent hand-to-hand -hand combat is like the way, you know, two sisters might just throw a football in the backyard. You know, it, it's just this right. is this is their life. This is how they say hi. And uh, again, some uh, some great stuff in the in those sequences, you know, that uh, that poor Budapest apartment, you know, uh, clearly had seen yeah. uh, better days. Uh, let's talk about uh, Drakeoff. I mean, he's the the big oh. bad that sort of like looms overhead. And uh, I think literally. Yeah, uh, Ray Winstone is the actor who plays him. Uh, does a yeah. tremendous job because we're supposed to not like him. Mission accomplished, sir. Uh, you're very unlikable in this movie, <laughs> and uh, you know just sort of the the disregard he has really for anyone, uh, right. but uh, especially sort of his uh, his his worldview. Uh, I thought was was an interesting sort of reveal that. You know, you and I talked a little bit about it after we saw the movie. It's like this is still a fun superhero movie, but it, it not in the way where you can't take a moment to make like a, a really serious point. You know, he has that line about uh, you know it just an, an an unending supply of girls just yeah. out there in the that world. That was the biggest resource that yeah. he was tapping into was this endless supply of women that he could use, and that line really hit me personally. Um, because I, I do think that even if you champion women and believe in women, that there's still something of like, you know, whether you're like, you don't believe victims or what are you wearing type of thing versus like you, you making jokes in an office, um, you know, can you, you know, be a CEO and be a woman? I don't think so. Like there, there's kind of this, like, uh, this, it, he's very, not just in American culture, but in a lot of cultures across the world, that's still a very pervasive worldview. And so it's not, even though he is a big bad and he's a, he's like a, a intense figure and it's almost like cartoonishly comic bookly evil, it's not unprecedented, his worldview. And I think that's what's really scary um, because it's real. And what makes it real is that you couldn't have Drakeoff seen at the end be as believable if you didn't have the opening credit sequence. The opening credit sequence made this movie happen. And it was the, um, uh, that was where they kind of laid out their theme of, uh, it was to uh, a beautiful cover of Smells Like Teen Spirit. And it was trafficking, whether it was trafficking women for labor, trafficking women for sex, but they were trafficking women to become widows and be being experimented on. And like, you know, I want my mommy and please don't take me. And where am I going? And like, you have all of these women, these little girls being thrust into a world they don't know. And they're not ready for with the like refrain of like, here we are now entertain us. And it's, it's very, very unsettling and it's very, very creepy. And I, I it was very pointed 
And then by the end, when you get to Drake off, I was like, he's a little bit like intense. He's a little bit like cartoonish, but it's like, there are people who are like that. And I just, you know, for people who don't believe that there are people who are like that, I've met them. There are people who are like that. And that's what's terrifying. Well, and and, that guy's absolutely real. Yeah. And of course it's, it's terrifying, but then, you know, sort of you peel back the layer and you talk about, you talk about David Harbour's character. You talk about yeah. Red Guardian, who is, for the most part, a likable character. But the way that he casually just gives up these these two girls that were essentially, you know, his children. He was in charge of them for, yes, only for two years as part of an operation. But it's still, just the casual way that, that even he treats these, these girls that he's supposed to, on some level, have cared about. Uh, you know, and it's uh, it just sort of it's reinforced, and I'm glad that they have the interaction with him that they do have after they they rescue him from prison. You oh know, my god, that, that was that, like that. Uh, Yelena just slaps him mostly because it, not mostly just because of that. You know, it's like yeah, remember that, and I'm glad that they have the very uncomfortable description of well, they rip my uterus out. And she yeah. actually describes, you know, it's like, I don't have that time of the month, smart ass, you know, thanks to you, by the way, because you like, turned me over to this, you know, but also it's the, you know, it's, you know, are you on that time of the month is something that people say to women when they, you know, are getting too uppity or too emotional or too like bitchy. It's like, you know, oh, you must be on that time of the month. It's dismissive. And so there's a yeah. lot of dismissive comments, but instead of, women having to take it with grace as is expected these women kick ass and these women will not like back down and so it was it was really refreshing to see a bunch of really strong women on all sides florence rachel vice with how smart she is and how yeah. vital she was to this organization and like coming up with this technology like that is a smart smart lady <laughs> um but and I, I did like the, the reveal that there's the actual double cross nature that at first you thought that like, oh, she turned them in. Uh, but then it's you, re- you know, we get sort of the flashback that she's helping Natasha, which I think yeah. was a cool reveal because it was completely believable. Yeah. And it that was nice she would that be she... loyal to Drakoff, yeah. you know, if she had been. But then this was also believable. So they did a great job with that character, I thought. Uh, well, you know, I think she was loyal us. to Drakov because yeah. she she definitely did it when she went into the uh, when she was putting her gun away, which is why we didn't see it. But I also like that we didn't see it. We, you know, normally you'd have a shot of like her pushing a button. Yeah, and it was yeah. nice that no, we like true. didn't see it because Natasha doesn't see it, and we're very much in Natasha's like POV this whole movie. Right. Um. And uh, but that this conversation around the dinner table changes her mind on who she's going to help and who she really yeah. wants, what she really wants to do. And I think it's nice that people have the ability to change their mind. I don't think it's a weakness of character. I don't think it's a weakness of story. I think it's nice to have people go like, I fucked up. How do I fix it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, I think that uh, the, you know, and that was something that I, I think we saw in the earliest trailers uh, was some of that dinner scene. And, uh, yeah. you know, so it's like you, you knew it was coming, but it was still, it was still fun to kind of sit through. I think that they did a good job in creating all four of those characters. And that's why oh, yeah. uh, that worked as well as it did. I When I, when I rewatch it, uh, I'm uh, looking forward to rewatching that sequence and uh, seeing uh, there's going to be stuff that I missed, you know, and when we, we yeah. do our next episode where we talk more about Black Widow, which is coming, by the way. Uh, we, uh, I, I will probably have more insight on that. Let's talk about Taskmaster, who is a very well-known Marvel villain. And there was a lot of excitement that we were going to get this character. There were so many theories about who that was. was behind the mask. Uh, it was fairly apparent that it was a female that was one of the theories was that it was going to be Yelena. That was a very, that was a prevailing opinion. That was probably like the majority the opinion early on, uh, because logically it would have made sense that uh, her little sister got turned into taskmaster and then maybe she helps break her free from whatever spell she's under, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it is more, much more interesting. It's a little bit of a letdown that it's not somebody that we knew 
You know, it wasn't, uh, I don't quite know who it would have been, but I think for the story, it's like, oh, that little girl that it's haunted you that you, you know, let blow up in that building. Well, the it's sin. actually her. It's the, it's the, it's like almost like her original sin. Yeah. Like and, the one and, thing she can't let go of, of like, you know. And, and what Drakov's daughter says, uh, you know, like, is he gone? It just shows that she would have rather died in that explosion than have become taskmaster, you yeah. know? And so then the, the character as robotic as it seems through a lot of the earlier sequences, the, the fact that we actually get that character, I think was, it was so much more, the storytelling was so much more rich than I thought it was going to be, you know, yeah. actually getting you know, the reveal for who it is, but then just, you know, more of who she is. The fact that she doesn't die, that, all the the widows aren't going to leave her behind because she's one of them too. Uh, so, give me your thoughts on sort of this 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 character really of Drakov's daughter. I really liked that it was Drakov's daughter. I feel like that was why Natasha's story went the way it did. It's like we got that Easter egg from Avengers One with her conversation with Loki, and it's been kind of you know Budapest was in. Avengers one. And so we kind of have come full circle. And I think there's like, they're making fun of a lot, especially with like the posing thing. And even Florence Pugh pulls out that pose and goes like, that's not great. That's horrible on the knees. Um, but they kind of make fun of how sexualized she was and how sexualized women were um, in the first two Ironmans. So they're really coming full circle with Avengers as like, she's become an Avenger. She's become a superhero and she's known in this community for being an Avenger and being kind of better than everybody in a way um, because she was able to get out. Um, but Drakov's daughter was still something that really haunted her. So it was nice that that was the kind of and closing of her circle, especially knowing that she was going to die. Um, but Drakov's daughter, as Taskmaster, a woman being Taskmaster and Drakov's daughter being Taskmaster – uh, put into the framework of Taskmaster could only mimic perfectly other things. And he was, Taskmaster was mostly mimicking male figures. There was like only, only in that fight with Natasha did she actually mimic Natasha because you had the, the two come up at the same time and start mimicking each other's moves. But it was mostly like they had the shield. So it was Captain America. It was Hawkeye. It was, it was mostly like mimicking male fighters. Um, and whoever that stunt person is, like, good job on them because that was a lot of hard work to get that choreography to be recognizably all of these characters that we've grown to love. But that Dreykov's daughter couldn't be herself. And so is she gone? Is he gone? Is the, you know, can I be myself in a way? It's that, like, plea of, like, will I be manipulated still? Will I have to be somebody else? Will I have to be someone I'm not? And I think a lot of women feel trapped in that helmet of being someone they're not to be accepted, to be... Um, uh, uh, to be not to be accepted, but to be um, valued. Um, and that was the value for Drakov's daughter. He didn't see her as his daughter anymore. He saw her as a tool. Um, and I think that's the importance of that, that if this man could do this to his own daughter, um, yeah, how does he treat the women he doesn't care about? Right. Yeah, exactly. And And we see how he treats the women he doesn't care about. So, uh, I think that uh, we both left the movie with uh, some very largely uh, positive reactions, but you have referenced that you had some issues with it. So <laughs> what were some of the most substantial for you? Uh, were were they problems or just like, oh, that kind of bothers me a little bit? Or what, how substantial were these concerns? Um, I think the main concern for this movie is, as amazing as it was, I think the question that I still haven't quite answered yet, and I think I'm going to answer it tomorrow when I see it again and it's more fresh in my head, is was this really a Black Widow movie or was this a kickoff to Phase 4 and Phase 5 and Avengers 5? And did her story actually, even with all of the details and even with talking about Black Widow and having Natasha be the main character, what is that really what the movie did? Or, you know, based on that end credit sequence... Um, was it just a kickoff to Yelena being part of, you know, Valentina's squad and going into Avengers five? 
And um, Yelena comedically stole the show. And you have a character in Black Widow and Natasha who's very, very grounded at this point. She knows who she is. But it seems like all the other characters kind of know who they are. And they're just kind of like interacting with each other as a family would. But I don't know that Black Widow really made a a transformation. She decides to do this mission at risk to herself. But I don't know if I saw Black Widow make a a shift to, I'm going to go put my family back together. It was one scene at the end that they added um, when she gets the Quinjet back or when she gets her jet back. Um, And it's like, is is this the movie where she discovers the meaning of like, this is my purpose? And my purpose is not to be alone. It's my purpose is to be um, a part of a family. And I have to put my family back together because I was part of the reason it mucked it up. Yeah. I think that that's the disadvantage to doing this as a prequel. We already know her arc. We know exactly where the character goes and how she gets there. And the best this could do is shine a little bit more light on something that we already know happens. I'd say coming to admit that that was her real family is kind of the only real movement we have character wise. I think it's probably significant for Yelena to hear Natasha say that, but there's Yelena's character into the future. It's like, for me, I think the easiest, the best thing this movie could have done and this is an unpopular. It's going to be an unpopular opinion unless it catches fire. Then I, you heard it here first, <laughs> right? Um, I think Black Widow was not the appropriate title for this film, even though it was about Black Widow. I think it should have been called Widow, just Widow, because you have it could be about Yelena, it could be about the organization, it could be about the women, it could be about Natasha, it could be about what that all represents. But if you just take the specific signifier out of it of it's Black Widow and we know who that is and just make it, you know, a singular, you know, this is the Widow movie. Um, I think that would have been more interesting and it would have widened the gap and you wouldn't have had these questions from fans and from diehard Black Widow fans going, is this really a Black Widow movie or is this a, you know, prequel to Avengers 5 that you're setting up? Um is this the, you know, I, I don't think there would have been many questions or anyone would have really questioned it um, if the title wasn't the title of the titular character. Yeah, no, and it's an interesting point, And it'll be uh, also interesting to see if you feel any differently about that after you see it again. Uh, yeah, I could but, cha- everything could change tomorrow, guys. Yeah. But to be fair, uh, it, you know, yes, it, it is her story, but it's so much more than her story. Yeah. And uh, that's sort of the interesting thing is sort of what we wanted to talk about on Marvel movie talk in terms of, uh, uh, you know, we have Julie Dreyfus in the, the post credit scene, you know, and we had known that she was rumored to be in this movie and then we get to the credits and I'm like, Oh, she wasn't in it. But then there's the big reveal that uh, Valentina is in fact there. And clearly Yelena has known her for some time because she has a very casual working relationship with her where she's like, I'm on vacation. You know, my sister's dead. Uh, So uh, I think this idea that, you know, when we saw her real world chronology, we saw her for the first time, you know, uh, recruiting John Walker, AKA fake Captain America. Uh, but US it, agent, it, we can say US, US agent. agent, yeah, we could call him that. But and you know, we have we also have a new Loki in, in Sylvie, and you know, we have a new we we have a new Captain America in Sam Wilson. So, you know, we're getting sort of the 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 MCU's been around long enough. We're going into this next phase where we're getting the next generation of characters, which happens all the time in comic books, you know. I mean, right, they're there are uh there there's multiple ant men you know there's multiple uh iter- i mean we we've got multiple versions of a lot of characters and we're starting to get to that in the movies now so i think that using this yes this is natasha's standalone story but in a way it's like so now we're going to get yelena into the modern continuity right. by uh, assigning her that she's going to take out clint barton who is responsible for Natasha dying, but in all honesty, Natasha is responsible for Natasha dying because Clint tried to kill himself, right. you know, uh, and is 
the person that I would say she was closest to in the whole world. We were just talking about Clint Barton. So uh, that leads to some interesting storytelling. Do you, and this is just a, you know, a guess, a prediction. Do you think that that's going to be the Hawkeye Disney plus series? Is it going to be part of the Hawkeye Disney plus series? Or do you think this is something that we'll see in movies? I think both. I mean, I, I think it is going to be part of Hawkeye. I don't, I think knowing that we were supposed to get it a year ago and that they were, they started filming and then stopped. Um, I think it was always meant to be kind of put together. Um, but I'm not sure what Valentina's game is now. Like this is the, the closest we've come to understanding what her, what her game is and what she wants. And it's still like confusing as all shit. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you want, girl. Like, <laughs> like who is this? And it's like, there's definitely not a, you know, Tony Stark or, um, you know, Fury type of, she's not one of those people. She's very much out for herself and, um, preying on vulnerable people. And I, I'm very curious to see what happens with that team and what happens, like if Yelena and us agent get involved together in something. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see sort of as they put this team together, you know, people wonder exactly, you know, which team it's going to be, who we're going right. to get. But uh, it, it is an interesting through line we're going to get. You know, it's sort of like the the way that uh, in the earliest uh, MCU movies, Nick Fury was putting, you know, had an Avengers initiative. Uh, she's got something uh, far more uh, duplicitous. And uh, I think it's uh, it's an interesting way to make it so that this story that's set whatever five six years ago is relevant to the uh, ongoing continuity you know going forward so but also it is it is a nice mirror to the end credit sequence of Iron Man 2 where it was the first you know Avengers sequence that happened was it Iron Man 2 or Iron Man one where Furies first came in that's a good question I think it's Iron Man one but uh, someone Someone can correct me in the uh, the archived version of the chat since we're nice. not here live. Please correct me. Yeah, I've, please, I've, please correct us. Uh, so, Iron Man three has been destroyed from my memory. I will oh, never watch well, it. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, you know, you talked a little bit about you know some of the uh, issues that you may have had uh, with the film, but issues I think is a you, strong word. I just yeah, don't like. I just yeah. am like I, I'm very curious of like is this the kind of questions they wanted asked about their film and could it have been solved this way? That that's a, it's a it's a fair point, but I think at no time would you say that uh, you were uh, embarrassed uh, for this movie, uh, which is something that I know that you very much want to talk about. Oh my uh, god! Blade star Stephen Dwarf blasts Marvel films. He's embarrassed for You're Scarlett in Johansson's. Black Widow movie, and uh, you know, you and I were uh, talking with our co-host Eric about this off the air. Uh, the the simple fact, of course, being that uh, Stephen Dorff is uh, says he's too good for comic book movies, despite the fact that he's in a, a what I consider to be a pretty bad one, uh, Blade. And uh, not only is it not a great movie, he's not good in it. Um, and you know, it's it's like he's not not in the MCU by choice. It's the same reason why, you know, he says that he's holding out to work for the next Stanley Kubrick. You're also not in that guy's movies either because, uh, you know, you're not someone who's in demand. Uh, and, you know, he said he was embarrassed for her. And I, I tweeted this, that if there's anyone who should know anything about being embarrassed by movies that they're in, it's, it's Stephen Dorff. So uh, oh, you wow. hear these comments. Brutal. What do you think? What do you think, Kate? Brochachi, why are you hating? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like, honestly, like, no matter what you think of superhero movies, I know there was a, a lot of, you know, shit storms online about like, you know, the, the, um, quality of these movies, the, the people who make them are talented. The people who make them love them. And the people who love these characters, um, love these characters and love these stories. And they are representative of bigger things, um, regardless of your understanding of it. And, um, I appreciate that you don't want to be in a, in a superhero movie because I don't want to see you there, dude. 
Um, it's, yeah. it's, if you don't respect it, and I know that like crazy action movies, superhero movies, alien movies, sci-fi movies, like people are asked to say the weirdest stuff. And like, that's part of being in this industry as someone who makes things, who is an actor, who is a screenwriter, who is a director. It's like, if you don't believe the world you're creating, no one else is going to believe it. And it's supposed to be fun. Like, you know, I, and it's like, you know, let's take it into hyperspace. Captain is so fun, <laughs> yeah. like, but it doesn't make sense. Like, you know what I mean? It's like these movies are meant to be entertaining and they're meant to be fun. And if you get something out of it, a deeper understanding, great. Um, Endgame had characters where um, uh, a lot of autistic um rights groups really enjoyed Drax because they consider Drax an autistic superhero. Um, and so it's interesting to see that visibility up on the screen or uh, T'Challa or Falcon um, for those, for the black community or, you know, Shang-Chi or Black Widow for women. Like seeing yourself up on screen, being a badass and being a hero is the most important part of these movies because it makes kids or big kids feel like they can do anything. <laughs> right. And to be embarrassed about that means you don't understand not only what those movies represent to people, but you don't understand what movies are. And I hope you get that next Stanley Kubrick film, dude. I really do. But, you know, there's you're not the gatekeeper of quality and you're not the gatekeeper of cinema. So yeah, maybe have a sense of understanding rather than a sense of like dismissal. Even even someone with uh, you know a more impressive track record, and we talked a lot about this on uh, o- older iterations of the show, uh, and uh, when we did a a, a feature called uh, um, oh, we did a, a Marvel News Daily was a was yeah. a thing we did, and uh, it, we talked about uh, Martin Scorsese's comments about you know, about what he thought about it. And it's like, dude, you make your movies. You know, not everybody likes mafia movies. Okay. And as I said at the time, you're still the guy who made Kundun. All right. So like, don't act like you know you don't have any blemishes on, on your, your record there. Okay. And it's okay. But it's like, like track you don't... record aside, track yeah. record aside, it is okay to like what you like and like, and not like what you don't like. It's not a marker of like no. intelligence or quality or like that's true cinema or that's not true cinema. It's you like what you like and you don't like what you don't like. If you don't like it, don't watch it. But it was the take the extra, taking the extra step forward of insulting fans and being embarrassed for the creative team. Scarlett Johansson was not just an actor on this movie. She was a producer on this movie and she's been doing this for 10 years and she's worked her ass off to get from I'm, I'm in curls with that tight ass low cut thing doing this dumbass pose to like where she is now. She's built that character because the fans loved her and the fans wanted better for her. It's kind of like wrestling with the like diva revolution that happens in like the mid two thousands it's like wrestlers that were female went from this like I'm a you know doing bra and panty matches and like mud wrestling to like the fans wanted them to have a voice and have a stage until they main they headlines WrestleMania that wouldn't have happened if the fans hadn't been like we want this we want this representation they deserve it and to be embarrassed for that it he, he, I don't think you know what you're talking about man and I respect your talent. I respect what you make, but don't go too far, man. Like, you know, I don't like a lot of, you know, for me, I don't like a lot of Kubrick movies, but he's still a great filmmaker. I just don't like his stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's good Stanley Kubrick movies and then there's eyes wide shut, you know? So it's (laughs) like, you don't, you know, you, 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 uh, you can just like what you like, you know? I mean, I've said this before, it's uh, I, I've I've never seen uh, an entire Fast and Furious movie, but I respect that people like them. I'm just not that interested in cars is really what it comes down to. Right. But I know people love those movies and you can't ignore how successful they are. And it's no. like, great, that they're just for people that aren't me, you know, uh, and it's it, it, I don't know. It's almost like people, everybody needs to weigh in. It's like, just like what you like. And if you don't like something somebody else likes, 
you can just kind of keep it to yourself. If, if you yeah. really just want to say something, you just say, yeah, I don't like it. You don't need to say that nobody should like it. Um, you know, because uh, we recorded this show, uh, we're not doing it live, but uh, as we were doing it, I did notice on, uh, on Twitter that uh, one of our pals from uh, Marvel movie talk is uh, Daniel Drew, who uh, very excited was heading to the movies and, uh, you know, wore this uh, really sweet uh, Black Widow uh, shirt, which actually I haven't seen that one before. That's cool. It's, it's got Yelena and, and uh, Red Guardian. And uh, that's a pretty sweet popcorn bucket. And uh, you got Taskmaster on the other side. And the uh, the Black Widow comic book, which I believe I'll be getting uh, tomorrow because it's if you go this weekend, I don't think you have to see it in IMAX to get the comic book. But boy, if you have wow. to see it and if you have to see it in IMAX, that's going to be an issue for me. But uh, Daniel, I uh, appreciate you sharing with us that you were going and your excitement. Believe me, that's exactly how excited I was to be in a movie theater again and for this to be the movie that I got to see as my first movie back. And uh, I hope you're watching this right now once it's uh, actually live and you're like, hey, look at that. I wasn't I wasn't even there. And they incorporated me into the show. But we always appreciate uh, Daniel's contributions. Uh, We will be talking about this film again. uh, And uh, I I believe I'll be talking about it a few more times, but uh, we'll be doing uh, another show. There'll be a video version as part of Marvel Movie Talk on Tuesday Woo-hoo. at 10.30 a.m. Pacific time, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. That will be so that you can watch it live. That is Tuesday, uh, July 13th. Uh, that'll also be the next audio episode of the Blackcast. So if you uh, want to just close your eyes and just listen, uh, we'll I believe we'll be joined by both Eric and Jeff, our regular co-hosts uh, for that show. And uh, if you enjoy this kind of in-depth Marvel talk, uh, please uh, join us for our show, Marvel Movie Talk. Don't let the name fool you. We talk a lot about Marvel TV, and we've been going episode by episode through Loki. And next Wednesday is the finale of Loki, so uh, join us for that as well. Uh, Kate, uh, we'll talk more about this movie uh, next week. But uh, until then, if people want to keep in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, on Instagram and TikTok, I am at Cornellable. Uh, if you can see it, it's right there. Uh, if you're listening, it's at C-O-R-N-E-L-L-A-B-L-E. That's me. You know, I still am holding out that I feel like I don't belong in TikTok. But every time you mention you're there, I'm like, what am I missing? Wait, you know, I mean, I have to be missing something. There's got to be content that's uh, that's worth my time. Uh, but, uh, it's another app and, uh, you know, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have room on my phone. I have, you know, every fast food app on my phone, uh, so that I can oh. pre-order so I can pre-order food for the kids. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I never thought I'd oh, be at a point where I the need the kids. Well, for the kids. <laughs> most of the time, the, the, the Denny's app is for the kids, but the Dunkin' Donuts one, that's for me. That's definitely the Heck yes. <laughs> blueberry, blueberry coffee. That's the best. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all, uh, I'm all in on blueberry donut, but see, we're, we're hashtag team blueberry. Uh, and as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ, and you can subscribe to the Blackcast YouTube channel, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. Subscribe to the audio version of the Blackcast. Uh, it is on, uh, all the audio platforms. Mm-hmm. Our, our shows are not because I'm not smart enough to have separate feeds. So if you want Marvel Movie Talk, you have to go to the YouTube page for it. But we have fun. We're in the live chat. And uh, we, uh, we do that every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific. Uh, that is all the time we have for now. And we will see you next time on The Blackcast.
happened in the last five minutes is oh shoot sorry do you you need me to stop it no it's okay (laughs) okay you want to tell me after yeah okay it's all right because this is just audio so no one's going to even see any of this oh yay except i kind of like it so i might just put the audio part of this at the very end and it'll be fun it'll be like a little like uh it'll be a marvel post our end credit sequence yeah yeah this will this will set up phase five of the black cast whoa spoiler alert turn back if you want to live uh so then uh i will cut all that together with what we just did and then i will say for the end of this version and we will see you next time on the black cast oh so exhausting to be me all right i know it is all right terrible texas has to go take care of some business but I'm here to say, have a nice day. And listen to the damn show. <laughs>